Yo, 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 what's up? This is Romeo Marquez Jr., founder and creator of Superstar Success University, where we empower you to step into your greatness so that you live a life with purpose and passion. It is an honor and a privilege to have one of the most positive, uplifting, intelligent people I know as a special guest today, Manesh Bindi. Now, let me tell you a little something about my boy Manesh. He is an international speaker, lifestyle investor, and the CEO of Gold for Life, helping busy professionals, small business owners, and retired investors to create a life of freedom, happiness, and luxury. He has shared the stage with many world-class innovators, such as Sir Richard Branson, founder of The Virgin Group, and Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple. I met Manesh in Las Vegas this past summer at the CXO Summit, where I was one of the keynote speakers, and I have to say... Manesh is just one of those guys who has this special presence, has this special aura that just truly lights up the room. I knew this was a guy that I had to stay connected with and definitely had to introduce to all of you. So without further ado, let's welcome my boy, my man, Manesh Bindi. What's up, money-making Manesh, Mr. Big Pimpin' Bindi? You ready to rock this, bro? That's probably the the best and craziest intro that I've had. But yeah, I am here, so we might as well rock it. Just say when. Uh, when? It, it starts right now. <laughs> <laughs> so just a moment ago, uh, I gave the listeners a quick bio of who you are and what you do. I would love for you to go ahead and share who you are and what you do. So it's coming from you. Uh, in that extended name that you gave me, the actual real parts of that was my name is Minesh. My name is Minesh Bindi, and I own a company that teaches people how to invest um, in gold and silver. And we deal with people that are busy professionals, um, small business owners, and retired full-time investors. And we show them how to just you know allocate their money smartly so that it grows over the long term and also um, free their time up so that they're really investing for their lifestyle and protecting their lifestyle rather than being uh, becoming a slave to their investments. That's, that's sort of my elevator pitch. Is that good enough? No, you- <laughs> no that's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. And with that said, I would love the listeners to hear your personal journey on how you got from creating goldforlife.com and that journey of you know the beginnings, if you will, to where you are now. Unlike most people that are sort of uh, in this space, I didn't actually have the whole terrible beginning of me sleeping in my car or sleeping in my friends' houses on the floor or on the street or anything like that. I didn't have any of that. I actually had a very good childhood. I had a very happy childhood. And I had a childhood with my dad who was already investing in real estate and things like that who was trying to impart that knowledge onto me. And he gave me a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I'm sure most people have heard of, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this space. And it's by Robert Kiyosaki. If you haven't heard of that book, then do some research on it and get it. And it's uh, really what it is, is the principles of investing, what investing actually is, where it comes from. And he gave me this, my dad gave me this book at 14 years old. Wow. And obviously, like every other teenager, as soon as your dad or your parents tell you something, it's automatically filed in the trash can. Because it can't, <laughs> so true. It just, it just can't get it good if it's coming from them, right? So right. I didn't, I didn't bother even opening the book for for two years. And at sixteen, I read the book uh, and started sort of understanding about investing, what it was, and things like that. 
And then one day I was uh, passing his home office where he was negotiating real estate deals. And I just stopped. He was in mid-negotiation. And I just stopped and stood at the door. And when he finished, I very arrogantly said, you know, that sounds easy. I could do that too. Uh, it was such an arrogant statement <laughs> I was making with my head right up my backside. And luckily, with his infinite wisdom, instead of saying shut up or telling me to move on, he said, show me. Uh, and that was probably after him saying show me and throwing me his contact book was probably the most terrifying 30 seconds of regret that I've ever had <laughs> in my life. Because, you know, when you sort of your mouth sort of writes a check that you know your body doesn't want to cash, but it's sort of just right. right. But again, those moments have repeatedly forced me to step up. Uh, so I'm very appreciative of that and know that that's, you know, part of one of my strengths that I can do those sorts of things. Anyway, cut a long story short, I started doing that, started negotiating real estate deals because I didn't have a certain element of fear that a lot of people deal with. Um, I was negotiating better deals than a lot of people, like better deals than my dad, better deal than, deals than the people he was uh, working with very, very quickly. Um, and then at 17, going on 18, I did my first real estate deal, which is a million pounds worth of property in London. I uh, got a 68,000 pound cash back, um, went to Monaco, <laughs> blew a lot of that cash back as you know, as you do as that, being, 18. That, that being 18, going to Monaco with a bunch of friends, you know what I mean? You know how it is, right? Um, and then I got back and sort of my mentors and my dad put me back on the right track, started looking at the stock market. And then I met somebody who uh, was doing seminars and I told him what I'd been doing and he just couldn't believe it. Uh, and he said, you need to be on stage. At which point that was no interest to me. Ed teaching people was of absolute no interest to me at all. Um, because I was already doing, you know, I, I, didn't go, I decided not to go to university because I was making more money than, you know, this was my whole, at that point in my, in my development, my whole focus was on money. Right. So basically, if my teachers weren't making as much money as I was, I didn't want to learn from them. No matter what they were trying to teach me, if they weren't making enough money, uh, making as much money as me, I didn't want to learn from them. And so that was my decision of why I didn't want to go to university. It served me in the long term, uh, yeah. speaking about it now, but it was a very arrogant decision and a perspective then. Anyway, so I saw this person who said, you need to be on stage, then go on stage because it was his seminar and offer a seminar that he was doing in a month's time for a thousand pounds, $1,600, something like that. And a hundred people got up and ran to the back to pay him a thousand pounds each to attend this seminar. At that very moment, <laughs> I decided I wanted to get into teaching because again, my whole agenda at that point was making money. And so that's what happened. We got into teaching. We then did two seminars a month for, I guess, three, three and a half years, something like that. Were the seminars based on investing, real estate? Yeah, it was real estate and the stock market. Basically what okay. I'd been up to that point, right? Because obviously I know that it's uh, <laughs> some people can do it, but I can't. I can't do something that I haven't done myself. Right. I can't teach something that I haven't done myself. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was real estate and the stock market. And then... I basically had what I call an internal nervous breakdown. Now, I don't know whether that's an actual technical term in science or not, but I was on stage one day and I realized that what I was doing was I was giving the world, giving these people 
the tools for enslaving themselves to money because I was teaching them how to concentrate their whole life on making money mm-hmm. and spend their whole time focused in front of a computer making money and not actually serving the world with what the gift that they were here to give the world. And that shook me to my core because I realized I was doing the exact same thing. I was spending 14, 15 days out of the month in hotel rooms. I was traveling around speaking. I was staying in crappy hotels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want that anymore. So I basically paused all that, took the weekend off in Monaco to think and realize that what I'm here for is to show people that they can grow a portfolio. They can have all the money they want in the world, but they can do it with their life and they can give their gift that they want to give. And they can focus on that by very smartly allocating their investments in an effective way for the long term, very, very safely so that they can focus all of their energy on creating whatever they want to create. And so that's uh, the journey that I've been on, on building that. And ever since I did that, every, you know, things just skyrocketed because I think I was a lot more aligned into what I wanted to do. So since then, I've spoken on stage with, you know, Sir Richard Branson at the O2, spoken on stage with Steve Wozniak, co-founder of Apple, you know, and lots of other different people who I've managed to meet. And I was speaking for a lot longer But as soon as I aligned myself to what I really wanted and what was true to me, uh, everything sort of just accelerated. Wow. And then so from those seminars, you now are, you know, being intentional with your teaching. So what are some of the key concepts? I know you brushed on a few right now, but what are some of the key concepts that you do share in your teachings, in your seminars and trainings? The key thing is... You want a safe investment. Now, a lot of people think that the safest thing, you like the investing has to be very uh, polarized. So you've got to have either something extremely safe, like leaving money in the bank or a, pay, or a retirement account, mm-hmm. or going and um, investing in high-risk uh, Forex or you know trading, day trading, or something like that to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Or you default to real estate. Whereas the truth is you can do exactly what most people are doing with real estate in every other asset class very, very easily. You can go and purchase like we teach people how to invest in gold because this is the current market cycle for the next five to 20 years. We invest in gold and we get a monthly income from our gold. So rather than being invested in real estate, we've got real estate and we've got gold, both generating a monthly income, both safe. We're not overextending ourselves and the money is growing very, very safely. So the underlying principle is, is that safe investments are possible. Uh, you just got to know exactly what to do and what actions to take and then just have a well-balanced, diversified portfolio, but take advantage of whichever asset is going up for that market cycle with every billionaire that I've studied and every wealthy person, a super wealth, I'm talking extreme wealth. Mm -hmm. The smartest thing that they've managed to do is allocate their funds for growth as the market cycles are moving. So the biggest problem that we've got right now is that a lot of people have invested in real estate and they're stuck in real estate. And right now we've had, you know, we've got news of the real estate markets recovering and everything like that. Uh, I don't think it's going to last. Personally, I think it's um, I think it's going to come back down again. Mm-hmm. And when it does, what will happen is people will be stuck in a stagnant wealth growth environment 
because they've got all their eggs in one basket in real estate. Whereas the super wealthy, what they do is as soon as they, they'll take advantage of the real estate cycle, as soon as that cycle's over, they'll navigate their wealth out and go into gold or go into whatever other cycle there is out there. Mm-hmm. And so that's my job really is to, to easily navigate my wealth so that I'm not stuck in any one wealth cycle. And that allows you to constantly grow your wealth. And when you implement the cash flow strategies, do it very, very safely. Uh, and when you implement, you know, the, the lifestyle strategies, actually have a life you love. Mm-hmm. You are just incredibly, insanely intelligent. You are just spend so much knowledge. I'm like, I feel like I'm just having a one-on-one session with you, and I just blocked out all the listeners. So everybody, <laughs> please forgive me for that. But I'm so zoned in with all that you're saying because there's a lot of just wisdom that you're sharing, and I appreciate all that, Manesh. See, oh, I, I'll go ahead. Yeah, no, what I was going to say was is that the the main reason why a lot of people are stuck, and that is when – I, when I say stuck, what I mean is their ROI that they're generating on their wealth mm-hmm. is not adequate enough to give them the life that they need without working, right? Because all we want to – the goal is to get to a point where work becomes a choice, not you know a need. Right, and right. The only reason we've got to that point is because of the principles that we've been taught and the conditioning that society has gone through. Like, for example, right now, if you close your eyes and I say, picture money right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you know, go ahead and do this right now. Go and close your eyes and picture money. And I guarantee you, you're going to see dollars, pounds, some form of cash uh, in front of your eye. Am I right or am I wrong? You are right. Right. But the thing is, is that money has been cash, money has been gold, money has been uh, real estate, money has been chickens, money has been cows, That's money right. has been slips, money has been all this other, all any, any exchange of value uh, has been money. So why are we conditioned as a society to see cash? Because we've been conditioned to chase cash, because cash is the most controllable form of wealth from an elite class perspective. That there is out there because the Federal Reserve can go and press one button and dilute your money because that's what they do with inflation. That's happening right now every single day for for people. Mm -hmm. So with one button pressed, if you're chasing cash all the time, your wealth can be diluted and your growth can be controlled. That's why, you know, we we've had ancient conditioning like I don't say ancient. I mean, over the last, say, five to seven uh, 50 to 70 years, we've had this conditioning really take us over and we've been programmed to chase cash. Uh, and it's the best control mechanism that I've ever seen from a self-empowerment perspective in my, in my life and I think in all the research of ancient history that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. What it sounds like is just money is really a mindset. Absolutely. I think money is a frequency money is a vibration money is a mindset that you know you can you can you can adopt you can go and um learn what somebody's thinking about as far as money goes copy whatever they're thinking and you'll get exactly the same results and yeah money you said it best money is a mindset and i noticed that a couple months ago you wrote a blog on 10 reasons why more money should be your only focus yeah uh, I would love for you to expand on that. I know there are 10 ways. You don't, you don't have to go through all 10. You can if you'd like, but I think it shares a lot of wisdom that a lot of people would you know, go, really? More money? That shouldn't be my only focus, but you are very clear and intentional with each point. So I would love for you to share more so on that. I, 
rather than going through each and every single point or anything like that, people can go and do a search for my name and that title and that will come up. But the reason why I put that out there is because society as a whole right now with this new age spiritual movement that we've got going on in the world away from, you know, traditional religion and everything like that, we've sort of forgotten about the fact that money is actually important. And everyone talks about, you know, uh, if the root of money, if the root of all evil isn't money, then it's the love of money and all this other crap. When the truth is, is that money is a tool and therefore it's how you use the tool that determines whether it's evil or less spiritual or anything else. Uh, money has no emotion. It's how you're going to use it. And right now we've demonized money as, as, a, as a society. Um, the 99%, so to say, has demonized money to make themselves feel better. Because if you're not getting value from one thing, how about we just you know diminish the importance of that, increase the importance of something else, and suddenly we're valuable. We can feel good about ourselves again. So what's happened is they've said, hey, we haven't got any money. So how about we say that... Money isn't important anyway, but what we do have is time and happiness or what we think is happiness. Um, and we say that's really important. So now we can feel really good about ourselves and I can go on Facebook, type a bunch of crap about how happy I am, but I'm living, you know, at the edge of poverty, but I'm still happy and I can feel good about myself and everybody else that is focusing on money is the actual asshole out there. Right. That's what's going on. That's what's going on with society out there right now, and that's a that's a terrible mindset. Right. With based on what you just said, how would you recommend for people to create a different perception on money so that they still do feel good and create that lifestyle that they want? The number one thing is the chase chasing for money mm. is where the issue is, right? Yeah. Because we've got loads of people wanting to become billionaires. Don't know what the hell they'd do with a billion dollars. Like if I ask you right now, allocate a billion dollars right now. Here's a pen, here's, here's a pen and a piece of paper. You're not going to be able to do it. You, because know you know, I, I know what exactly I'd do. You know what I would do? I'd be like, well, Manesh, here's a billion dollars. What do I do with it? Right. Now, besides, <laughs> besides, besides that, obviously, besides that, most people don't know what they would do with right. the money they think they want. They're only chasing it because they've been told to chase it. It goes back to a whole different topic of uh, the consumerist society that we're, that we're in right now. But how I really recommend people do this is sit down and think what type of life you want. Imagine you had all the money in the world. Imagine, in fact, imagine that money wasn't an object. Imagine that money just, it, money didn't exist. You could just demand what you wanted and it happened. What type of life would you want? And I think most people would realize is once they did that and really thought of their, their, their dream day and actually really thought of their dream month and they really thought of their dream year and actually thought about what it would take to make them happy, like find it, like, you, you know, the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And then once you've got that, then go and put a price figure next to it. You realize that you can actually live the really happy life that you want to live for not, you know, the $10 million or the $100 million or the billion dollars that you think you want. You can live it for much less. And now you're becoming aligned to money because it's serving you, right? right? Because money's serving you at this point. You're not chasing it. And now it becomes so much more easier to go and go, hmm, okay, I'm going to go and create that business opportunity. I'm going to go and 
uh, get that particular job because it's going to allow me to have the amount of money I need to live the life that I want to live. Yeah, it points out your point number two under that blog uh, where it says money creates mental clarity. And as long as you are clear with what you actually want, it may not be $10 million that will – uh, match up with that lifestyle. It could be a million dollars or even way less than that. So I love how you wrote that. And another point that I love what you wrote is that money enables you to live your own purpose. I believe, like you said earlier, we all have a gift and a purpose. And money is that, you know, that wing man or wing woman, whatever you want to call it, that partner that's going to help you live on purpose. Right. And that's why I sort of went away from teaching people how to to make money, so to say, with real estate, make money with trading the stock market and really learn how to invest. Because for me, I don't want making money to be my legacy. Does that make sense? Yes, most I don't definitely. Want, yeah. I don't want that to be what I'm known for. I want something else. Uh, something more creative, something that my soul is wanting to put out there into the world. And so when you work from the perspective of, okay, how am I going to use this money to allow me to do what I want to do? Suddenly it sort of starts shifting and suddenly you're not chasing money and suddenly you're not, uh, you're not a slave to it. You're a slave to whatever you chase. Put it like that. I think that's Mm -hmm. the, I think that's the best way of putting it. You're, you are a slave to whatever you chase um and when you stop chasing it you know you become a master of it i like that wow see that's just a mind shift right there i love that <laughs> i got I, a couple of these how many you want to oh, go bro bro you could sp- i'm all about those little you know <laughs> little sayings and messages it could be all about that so continue to plug them in because i'm all about just you know that 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 fuel of inspiration and anytime i hear a little stuff like that it makes me want to go say that again <laughs> And you have that ability to pull on that magic. Magic Manesh. Money-making Magic Manesh. There you go. <laughs> I think I'm I, I'm lucky you weren't around when they did my birth certificate because I'd have the longest name ever, <laughs> anyone's ever seen, ever. So for a, a quick, not break, but I, I would love for people to know that if you want more information on Manesh, you could go to goldforlife.com. Is that correct, Manesh? Goldforlife.com, yeah, that's the company site. And as well as uh, he has an amazing podcast. Could you talk a little bit? I was going to talk about this towards the end, but since I'm bringing it up right now, go ahead and talk about your podcast. So I mean, it's not a regular podcast by any means, but mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, in addition to our company site, I run my personal blog, which is simply MineshBindi.com. Mm. And that was set up because I met, you know, I've had the privilege to meet a lot of wealthy people. And one thing that I realized was that they all missed how they created the success. They all, they, they didn't note that down. They didn't note down the realizations in the moment. So then looking backwards, all they see is the success, not the lessons. So it was very, very hard for them to translate to their children how to actually replicate the success that they've created because they, they, weren't, they didn't stop and write down the lessons that they learned. 
and I had one person complaining to me actually that his children were just stupid and weren't, weren't understanding how to create the success. And I said, okay, so tell me how you did it because obviously I'm, I can, you know, I can comprehend this stuff. So if your children are really to blame, then I'll be able to understand it, right? If that sort of, there was a, an assumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he went on to explain and all he said was, I built this thing, then I built this thing, then I built this portfolio, then I built this portfolio and here I am. Don't you get it? I was like, oh, of course I'll get it, because all you've done is listed down a bunch of successes. Uh, where are your lessons? What, you know, what mind state did you have change this year, that year, et cetera, et cetera? And so what I decided to do was uh, write down and make public the lessons that I'm learning about success. Mm-hmm. It's Really, I wrote this blog. I, I have a journal that I keep which is totally private. And then one of my mentors said, why don't you just sort of put it out there? And so I keep this blog with the intention that nobody's going to read it besides one day when I have children, they can go and review the lessons that I learned and the actual thought processes behind the lessons that I learned. So hopefully it will help them and shortcut their time uh, and cut their time in half. And that's the whole intention of, for my personal blog. And the podcast is pretty much the same. It's just an audio version of, of what I'm thinking uh, and conversations that I have um, with certain people, with my friends and things like that. So for those of you that want to check that out, it's Manesh Bindi, M-I-N-E-S-H-B-H-I-N-D-I. I'll put it in the description and all that stuff just in case you got confused with all that. Um, I'm on here right now and you have all these titles are super intriguing to me. And the one that I just like stopped at right now is character engineering, the three things that determine success. Uh, could you share those three things or talk about one of those things? Yeah, I mean, you can create success as long as you can model it off of somebody else. And when you go and do that and you start studying success, you realize there's only really three things that people are doing differently compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And those three things are very, very simple. Number one is the vision that you have, right? You've got to have a vision and a direction that you want to go in for your life. And you shouldn't move. What a lot of people do is they say, go and take action and then that will make your vision clearer. And that only works if the action that you're taking already had a vague vision to start off with, mm-hmm. right? So action will clarify vision, but it won't give you one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got to be very, very careful with that. You can only move forward and take steps forward when you've got at least a vague idea of where you want to actually end up. Right. So uh, number one is the vision. Number two is the information you consume. The information that you're consuming is going to dictate the the lessons that you learn and therefore is going to dictate the pool of knowledge that you tap into subconsciously to give you the answers for whatever you want to create. So therefore the information you consume is very, very important. Like listening to podcasts like this, like um, reading certain books, like studying certain subjects. And then after that is the people around you. So if you have the right vision for whatever you want to create and you consume the right information and you, but you have the wrong people around you, I guarantee you out of no fault of your own, the opinions of those people are going to form judgments on the vision and the information that you've consumed. So if you have the right people, which are going to motivate you, inspire you to continue doing what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you have the right vision and you have the right information, success is, it's, it's inevitable at that point. 
And right. you've just got to be conscious enough to understand that you need to work on your vision every day. You need to work on the information you consume every day. And you need to speak to the right people around you every day. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm just inspired by those three things right there. I swear, you. we could have like 20 episodes of you. But, of course, you have your own podcast. So, everybody, make sure you check that out. Uh, so, as far as the information you consume, what books or audios do you recommend that have helped inspired your work? You know, for example, you said Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Are there any others? Yeah, loads. Um, so... I can, shall I just give you the list? Sure. I mean, it's, yeah. if, if anyone wants this list, they can go to my website, click yes. the resources tab on the left, and you'll get a list of all the books. But Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand is a great book. Outwitting the Devil by Sharon Lecter and Napoleon Hill. Power of Intention, and combine that with The Secrets of the Power of Intention by Wayne oh, Dyer. Yes. My friend Andy Shaw's A Bug Free Mind is a great book as well. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. One of the best ones that I've that I've read in terms of personal development and getting comfortable in my in what I want to create and my energy is actually the way of the superior man by David Data. Um, I don't know whether you've heard of that book or not. Right. <clears throat> so this is one of the best books I've learned. Uh, sorry, uh, that I've read around getting comfortable in my energy as a man to be able to create what I want to create and serve the world in the way that I want to serve it fearless, fearlessly without having the distractions that come, come with the world. So that's a great, really great, really, really great book. I think if everyone in high school, every, if everyone in high school read that particular book, mm-hmm. uh, we'd have a lot more, a lot more of a happier world. Wow. What's that book called again? <clears throat> it's called the way of the superior man by David data. Is this geared specifically just for men, or is it for? Uh, it's more, it's it's more for men, but uh, it speaks from the perspective of, of masculine and feminine energy, which of course we all have. Right. So it's really for everyone, um, but it's 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 framed from the perspective of of men. Right. And the, you know the other point that you brought up earlier about the character and success is the people around you. Who do you surround yourself with? Are there any particular people that you constantly surround yourself with? Do you have mastermind groups? Do you have a mastermind group or an accountability partner? Or how do you create those environments? I know I just asked you like 50 questions all in one. (laughs) I'm going to do them. Let's go. go. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, who do you surround yourself with? I'm gonna answer that all summarized in one. Okay. I think I've got. I think I've got it. I think I've got I it. I think I've got the answer that you're looking for. Um, I learned. I've learned along, you know, along my journey so far, which is like nine years now. It's, it's unbelievable that this, where I was like nine years later already. But anyway, what I've learned is that mastermind groups are great. Uh, having certain people around you is great, but inevitably, inevitably, somewhere along the lines, that mastermind group is going to fall out of alignment with what you want. The people that you speak to are going to fall out of alignment with what you want. It's it's absolutely inevitable. Either you're going to grow past them or they're going to fall out of alignment with what they want, even if it's temporarily, right? Even if right. it's for three to six months that they fall out of alignment with with, with what they're creating, that's slowing your progress down. Mm-hmm. So 
the rule that I've given myself and that I try to live by is that I only want to avail myself for discussions with people who are moving in the direction that I'm moving in. Mm-hmm. So now that rule it it allows for masterminds. It allows for you know friends that are mo- that, that that are thinking the same way. But at the same time, it keeps my mind focused on whether this person is right now moving in the same direction that I'm moving in or is already there or not. Mm-hmm. So it allows me to evaluate my mastermind and not be taken by the energy of the mastermind, you know, and then distracted because I've attended a, a lot of masterminds right. and, and a lot of them are great. But some of them, there's just, you know, there's just a mix of agendas going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at that point you, you really want to have a filtering process as to who you listen to, even if, and this is the key. Even if they're inside your inner circle, you want to you you want to have a filtering process with whatever information they're giving you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like oh, if yeah. you know, like no matter how close they are to you, there there better be a barrier between your internal world and even the closest person to you. Because you know, if you haven't got that filter process right there, you're 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 a slave to their opinions. Yeah. So based on that. What kind of qualities do you like to surround yourself with when, in regards to what you just shared? Um, so number one, they have to be moving in, in a similar direction, right? They must have the same intensity levels of wanting to create whatever they're creating, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of, I, mean, I know a lot of people who are very, very successful, but they're moving into the later stage of, of, of life. So they're slowing down right now. Now, while I can go to those people for advice on certain things, I can't spend all day with them because I'll, my energy will slow down as well. So I've got to spend more time with people who are more aggressive because that's where I am. Uh, and that's what I want to do with my, with, with what I'm doing. So I like that. Um, I like people who, people who stick to their word, people who are trustworthy and, I like people uh, this is this one's gonna be very very controversial, but <clears throat> let's get controversial. It's all good. This is a if free it's... open forum, and you're a lovely human being, so whatever you share is awesome if if i um actually this goes for men and women that I want to interact with as far as business goes, sure. I want men or women who if they're in a relationship. They're abs- like they are absolutely committed and not treating their partner badly mm-hmm. or worse, cheating on their partner, mm-hmm. which I've seen a lot of in the time that I've uh, been working. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I want that is I think that the way a man treats a woman says a lot about that man's character. And even though we still sort of live in a disconnected world on that perspective, there are very, very, very amazing men out there that treat their women um, and the ladies of their life very, very well. Mm-hmm. And I've just found that those men are just much better to deal with because they treat their business like they treat their woman and they treat their woman like they treat their business. And even though that sounds controversial – they respect both of them and they, they're, uh, they're very loyal and they're very, um, attentive to both. So it just tells you a lot. You know, like that quote, which says how you do one thing is how you do everything. Correct. 
So if I've come across men who are not uh, treating their ladies very well, I've just realized that they're not as sharp in business as they could be, mm-hmm. right? Or they're, oh, I can't trust them, or their opinion ha- is, um, has a certain agenda to it. It's just my personal experience, uh, what that's taught me. I, I, I'm on your side. There's going to be a controversy around that. I, I'll be glad to riff on that side because it does, you know, is it is a reflection of trust. It is a reflection of being loyal, and it also is a reflection for the things you do in the long term. Over time, you will see that, and they're consistent with their word, with their integrity, and those are the people like you I want to surround myself with. So that's awesome that you brought that up. Well, it's just, it's just uh, you know, a lot of people are shocked when they hear that. And they say, like, I've, had, I've been in environments where I have stopped communication uh, and stopped talking to certain people, stopped surrounding myself with certain people because I've realized that this guy is cheating on his wife. Right. And I hear from uh, and this is like, for example, this is like one of the best connections that you could have for the stage of your business, blah, 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 blah. Right. From other people's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I've completely stopped all communication. And uh, I've had friends observe that and say, what the hell's wrong with you? Why aren't you continuing? And I just said, something's wrong. Like if he's if if that person is willing to do that in that part of their life, something's wrong in business. And then my friends or whoever else goes ahead, does whatever they're doing uh, with that person as far as business goes, and somewhere along the line, something messes up. Yeah. You know, so it's just a personal rule that I have. Plus, I, you know, I just, I appreciate women. So I don't, uh, I don't like our goddesses to be treated badly. So that's, I guess, that too. That just got me some brownie points right there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I definitely think so. So I think, just don't be surprised when you get all these emails. Hey, Manesh, I love what you said about money, but what I really love about what you said was when you were talking about relationships. So, uh, no. Uh, listen, I'm the last person that wants to talk about relationships. Uh, we'll leave that to you and all the, uh, all the other guys that are in them. <laughs> don't get it twisted. Just because my name is Romeo, you know, I might not be <laughs> my fiance might go, yeah, he ain't that much of Romeo. He could open my door a little bit more. <laughs> but it's all good <laughs> I do the best that I can Honey, that's, fiance, that's, oh, if you're God. listening to this You know, I do the best that I can I do the best that, that I can that's, the best, that's, the, that's what it's all about It's about doing the best you can That's all that, that's all that matters So in regards to, you know Going back to like investing For those yeah. that uh, want to start investing What are, you know, the couple of things You suggest them do And then following that You know, for those that have been investing for a while What do you recommend that they do to take their investments to the next level i noticed that i'm just bundling questions in some way somehow you you formulate a beautiful answer so that's okay we've got a vibe we've got we've got a thing going that's it that's what it's about so as far as investing goes for beginners what i very well for anyone the first protocol is answering the question of whether what you're doing right now is adequate enough to give you the life that you want Mm -hmm. right answer that question because unless you answer that question, you're chasing your tail and you're a slave to your greed. Because there's a lot of people attending a lot of seminars right now that if they haven't answered and don't know mathematically that what they're doing right now is not going to give them the life that they want, or you know it is going to give them the life that they want, but they don't know it, then they're a slave to their greed and they're going to buy programs, do things that they really shouldn't be doing and that's going to distract them. 
So answer that question. You can work that out very, very simply. I mean, just work out your last five years of, uh, of uh, ROI that you received on your investments uh, and project that out over to, the, over to however long you're thinking of investing in that particular asset for. And that will show you your, uh, your current state of uh, the direction that you're going in. Then work out whether that's enough or not. You know, so uh, like somebody who's got money in the bank might realize that they're getting 1% a year. Now, I'm not going to compound it because I can't do that in my head and I haven't got an online calculator. But if I was to do an uncompounded calculation, very simply, say if they're getting 1% a year on their money uh, and they're planning on leaving that money in the bank for 20 years, they've got $100,000 in the bank. So they're going to make just off of the interest twenty thousand dollars except inflation is two percent a year so every year that they're making a thousand dollars their account is going down in real purchasing power real money two thousand dollars so really they're a thousand dollars down every year and their purchasing power is going to be eighty thousand dollars instead of a hundred thousand Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you realize that, then you can say, hmm, so right now, if I just continue doing what I'm doing, I'm going to lose $20,000 worth of purchasing power if I don't take any action and change what I'm doing. Now you're in an empowered position to go, shit, I need to do something. Mm -hmm. When you're in that state, you can then now go ahead and take the actions that you need to take. You can then go, okay, I'm going to need that money for retirement. So I'm going to go and invest in something safe or I need that money because it's just play money. So I'm going to go and try something a bit more high risk. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to make a decision. So that's the first, that's the absolute first step for everyone. Mm -hmm. Then beginners, what I'd absolutely recommend for beginners is to figure out how much of your capital you want to invest. At no point do you want to invest more than 20% of your available capital without getting a result. So if you've got $100,000, you want to invest $20,000 first, get a result with that, then invest another $20,000, get a result with that, et cetera, et cetera, until you reach the full investment of the $100,000. The biggest mistake people make is going all in in one go. That's the biggest mistake that we see um, right now uh, with our investors, our clients around the world uh, and in everything that I've ever done. So that's what I do. If you're an experienced investor, look at what's happening in um, the world and have a look at where your investments are allocated. Like if we're in gold right now, it's because the world is moving in a, in, in a direction where gold and silver are going to go up over the next five to 20 years. And we want to be invested in that. If you're invested in real estate, you've got to look at it and go, hmm, is my wealth going to continue to grow for the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, however long? What do I think is going to happen? Do the research and then make an adequate decision. And that's really it. It's, re- it's really not that complicated. It's just knowing what to do, knowing the actions to take, and then taking them. Uh, and I think that's the hardest part is taking them. Mm-hmm. And another point that I'm just noticing is just asking yourself the right questions. A lot of people right now are doing silly things based off of being led by their greed. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I was one of these guys. I was the guy that goes on stage around the world, and my sole purpose for walking onto that – take my sole purpose for leaving my house and 
coming to that seminar is to take whatever your agenda is, whatever you want, throw it out the window and to make you believe that my solution will give you everything that you think you want. That's my whole agenda from the morning that from that time that I wake up to leave to that seminar. Right? I was one of these guys. We've all, we all know you do NLP. You can get people to persuade. You can get people to move in a certain direction. You do certain things on stage. You raise certain emotions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The key thing is, is that most guys that are speaking on stage are very, very good at what they do. But, and it's their job to t- persuade you to take the right action for you. But if you don't know what's right for you and what you want, You'll be led by anything. So if you know that, okay, I want to invest for my retirement and I need something safe, you're not going to go and buy the high-risk trading strategy. You're going to go for something safer. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't know that, suddenly somebody stands up on stage and says, you can make $10,000 a week. Greed jumps up. Your emotions start running around uh, inside your system. Suddenly, before you even know it, you're getting up and going and buying that person's strategy. Now, that person's strategy and tools might be the best tools and strategies. It might, well, I mean, for as, as, as far as I know, you might just have to sign your name on the dotted line and that person's tools will start making you money, right? That's as far, as far as I know, that's how good it is. But the point is, it's not what you want and it's not what you want for your life. Therefore, inevitably, at some point, when you have to come to make it work, you won't make it work. And I think that's the, that's, that's the biggest problem right now that we've got in the, our education industry. And it's not that the stuff that we teach, that, you know, people are teaching is crap. It's that we're not, al- as educators, we're not aligning the education that we've got with the people that want the result that we want to give them. We just want everybody to get our result when that's not really the case. And it's actually the responsibility lies on the customer side. So I don't even look at it as our concern. It lies on the customer side to know exactly what they want for their life. And that's hugely important. And when people ask themselves these questions and think before they go into a seminar, what am I going into this seminar for? What do I want? How much money do I want to make? How much money do I need? Do I need to make more money than I think, than, than this piece of paper and this analysis actually tells me? And then, then you're free because then you're no longer chasing a certain high. You're chasing what you want. Uh, and now it, it becomes, um, it becomes, you, you become a master of it. And that's what, that's what it's about, I think. Mm-hmm. So throughout this whole time of talking to you, Within these past about 50 minutes, you're just, I'm just realizing more and more and more. You're like really one of the most positive dudes I know and just very well educated and articulate in all that you're saying. And I'm really inspired right now. I'm like, after this conversation, I'm about to just go out there, invest in gold. I'm about to take action. I'm about to hug my honey and open the door for her. I'm about to do all kinds of things. And no one would guess I'm a Jay-Z fan, would they? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you being that positive person, like, what do you do to take care of your spirit? What do you do to take care of that character of yours so that you do produce that just that loving energy as well as being intentional with all that you're doing? I think uh, it involves a lot of being real with yourself. It involves a lot of stepping out of the consumerist 
sort of environment that we've been brought up in. And I think, I mean, for me, I sit, first thing I've done this year, which I'm very proud of, mm-hmm. is limited my exposure to social media. Like if you go and you look at my Facebook and everything else from last year or the year before, I was posting status updates every day. And I was, you know, interacting with people every single day. And I just don't think that's healthy. After enough research, the research that I've done, I don't think that's healthy. I think you want to have a certain amount of time and you want to have thoughts that are your own. And so I think that's important. I think it's important to think through things before they actually happen. So I think you want to sit down and actually think through, you know, if I get this intention and it fully manifests, what does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. And am I happy with that? And you want to, you want to do that. And, you know, and then you've got you know, the uh, the usual things, which is like, make sure you get regular massages. Make sure you regularly go and smoke the finest cigars. Make sure you <laughs> regularly go and have the best cognacs and champagnes in the world. And I don't mean, when I, when I say regularly, I don't mean, you know, every other day. I Once or twice a month. Uh, but you want to experience, you want to avail yourself, basically detach your identity from the money. And when you do that, I think uh, everything sort of falls falls into line. Remember, there's a, we've we've grown up in a society where we've been told that unless we have something, whatever it is, that has a monetary value assigned to it, we are less worthy than we than than, than we were born with, right? I think Kanye West said this the best, and he used a biblical reference, which and I'm not religious. I'm, I'm I don't even like saying I'm spiritual anymore because I think that's got a very uh, negative. Not a negative, but I think it's got a very messed up connotation out in the world. But Kanye West said it the best. And that was that Eve made Adam eat the apple. And ever since then, it's been illegal to be naked. And a lot of people, a lot of people miss that completely. And what it means is that the world seduced you to eat the apple that you had all right to eat. And then punished you for doing that and suddenly told you you weren't worthy and you had to cover yourself up. And that's the world that we live in today. And when you realize that you can just stop believing that bullshit and that you are worthy of whatever you want, I think everything sort of just becomes effortless. And I think that's what, that's what you, that's what you really want to do. And then eat well. Uh, you know, that's one thing I'm working on right now is eating a lot better and looking after, uh, nutritionally. Um, your system. I meditate as well. I do meditate. And um, making love is always good too. Uh, and of course, at the end of it, you know, you want me to say this, listen to some Jay-Z music. <laughs> I'm all about that, Jay-Z. I, my fiance and I just went to the Jay-Z Beyonce concert. And it wasn't just a concert for me. That was just a mind-blowing experience just because of the energy in that stadium and, and just the power of the voice. And it inspired me more of doing what I do, of just bringing out the passion and the gifts that are within you and just letting the world experiencing it and feeling it. You know, It's, it's really interesting. I mean, a lot of people wonder why I like Jay-Z, right? With mm-hmm. the, it's just whatever, whatever perceptions they have of me and then they find out that I'm actually, I respect Jay-Z as a man. And they wonder why, because all the only perception they have of Jay-Z is the music. And actually, what's interesting is I tell them that if it wasn't for Jay-Z, I wouldn't be here today. Interesting. 
people can't comprehend that. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you that please. story if we've got some time. Yeah, please share that story. So I was, uh, I obviously didn't go to university because I was, um, you know, had my head up my backside and thinking that, you know, if nobody has is making as much money as me, then I don't want to learn from them. And while I was doing that, I had all my friends at university posting pictures of parties and everything else on Facebook and things like that. And while that was going on, I was struggling and I was on the verge of giving up at, I think, 18, 19 years old. Uh, and I was sitting in, in the office and I was sharing offices with a friend. And I was literally that day, I was like, I need a sign. Like, I need something to tell me that I want to stay here and do this. And I went into the office just hating what I was doing uh, in life. Like, you know, it was just, it was just awful. I wasn't having the fun I thought I was going to be having and everything else. Mm-hmm. And my friend walks in and he says, Hey, you should listen to this song. I think you're going to like it. You've heard of Jay Z, right? I was like, No, who the hell's Jay Z? And because uh, I never listened to rap music or anything at that point. Uh, and he said, it's a great song. Listen to it. He said, it reminds me of you. Uh, and it was a song called 30 something, uh, and 30 something off of the album kingdom come. Right. And I listened to that song and I don't know whether you've had this moment or anyone else has had this moment, but everything froze. Like it felt like Jay Z was speaking to me through that song and the song is all about how because he hustled because he focused on success because he chose success over everything else he has done so much more by his in 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 his young years than everybody else had done uh, than everybody else had even thought that they could do for the rest of their life you know, like in one of the lines is by the age of 22, I did everything that you'd want to do. Like, so whatever ambitions that you had for your life, I did before 22 years old. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. And it just spoke to me. It gave me purpose. It gave me a, it gave me a reason to stay doing what I was doing. And very quickly, by the age of 23, besides buying my dream house and being married to my dream woman, uh, which I hadn't had in my plan to do by 23, I'd done everything else mm-hmm. that anyone else would want to do. I built a business. I had uh, an investment portfolio. I had traveled to you know 15 to 16 different places around the world. I had all of that. And it just sort of spoke to me. Uh, and so I tell people repeatedly, if it wasn't for Jay-Z that day, I don't think I would be here because I would have probably given up. And then Jay-Z actually expanded my spiritual growth, not Jay-Z like himself expanding, but he was the catalyst for that um, in 2011 too. So he plays a big role in, in, in what I do. In what way did he, you know, be the catalyst for the spiritual side? Okay. This, this is this is a crazy story, but I've revealed it all in one of my podcasts, so I'll, I'll, I can tell you and not feel any way about it. Okay, so I watched the throne, which is one of their one of his albums. They've just come out, and they had announced a tour, but in the tour, they didn't announce any UK or European dates. So I said to my assistant, just when the tickets go on sale, they had a VIP option as well. Did you go to Did you go to that concert or? I just went to the On the Run tour with... Did you, did you go to the Watch the Throne one? No, I did not. 
Okay. So this is the one he did with Kanye West, right? Right. And uh, they had a VIP option where it's just like 20 seats or whatever. Very, very all, all egoic, right? But mm-hmm. I said, when it opens, go to Vegas, whenever the dates are, book VIP and we'll just fly out and watch the concert. And, I, and she said, what if I can't get that? And I said, if you can't get that, go to the last date, whatever it is, the last date on the tour and book it. It doesn't, I don't care where it is. Like, <laughs> just book it. it. Just book it and we'll go. Uh, and she came back and she said, I got you three tickets. And I said, great, we're going to Vegas. You know, we're going to Vegas to watch Jay-Z. I'm going with my brother and my friends. It's going to be amazing. She said, not exactly. You're not going to Vegas. So I said, oh, crap. What are, where, where are we going? Assuming the worst, right? And she said, you're going to Vancouver, Canada in December. And... Not knowing anything about Canada, I thought as soon as I hear Canada, I'm thinking a foot of snow minimum. Right. Um, luckily, Vancouver wasn't like that. Have you been to Vancouver before? I have not. I have not. Okay, so Vancouver for me is one of it's just a, an amazing city, one of my favorite cities now. Mm-hmm. Vancouver was amazing. It was brilliant. It was just like London in in December. So that was great. So anyway, a few days before this was four or five years ago now, right? So a few days before. We were meant to fly out. We started looking for parties or whatever. Because I don't go clubbing in the UK. Mm-hmm. But whenever I'm out and I'm with people that like going party, I'll go along. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking at what parties and events, after parties there were for after the concert. And in this, my male side kicked in. And I thought, what are the women like in, what are the women like in <laughs> right. Vancouver? Very, very, just excuse that. Uh, I've matured since. Yeah. And I started looking at, you know, women my age in Vancouver. And I started scrolling down some profiles on Facebook. It's like, wow, these, these women are really cute. And I see one particular girl. And I thought, wow, she is so beautiful. Like, I would love to meet that girl. And I looked, for some, looked through some others, closed it down, made a note of the parties and everything. And off we were. We were in Vancouver. So, cut forward to the concert date. We get there, and that morning I'd said to my friend, we are not leaving Vancouver until we meet Jay-Z. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. What happens? We are not leaving Vancouver until we meet Jay-Z. And this was around the time where I was trying to understand how manifestation works, how you can actually think of things and actually make them happen. Mm-hmm. And nothing was happening for me. So I was like, again, I need a sign, right? Yeah. And so we get to the concert, we're in VIP, and my friend shows up from getting a drink, finishes his drink. It's just, we've still got half an hour left because this auditorium is filling up. I said, let's go get a drink. So we go to one of the bars, and there's a girl sitting at the bar by herself with two stools next to her, and there's two of us. So I said, you know, is anyone sitting here? She said, absolutely not. And we sit down. Literally 30 seconds later, this must have been the worst friend in the world, because 30 seconds (laughs) later, her friend comes back from the toilet and has a go at her for giving away her seats. So anyway, I feel bad because her friend's just punked her friend and I'm involved in this now, (laughs) um, when I shouldn't have been involved in this. So we, we share seats, we start talking, whatever, whatever's happening. In the end, we realize we're actually pretty similar. And so we exchange details. Uh, and my phone didn't have international roaming at that point. So she gave me her phone and said, find yourself on Facebook, send a friend request so, so we can connect and find out which party you're going to afterwards. So that all happens. We go back into the concert. Great concert. Now, we're coming out of the concert. And the queue for leaving the auditorium is like a 1,000 people in this thing, right? And my friend says, right, I'm going to try something. 
Just imagine this, right? He says, I'm going to try something. We've got VIP badges on. He walks back around to security, which is where the wardrobes are, and he says, we've got VIP badges, we're going this way. And now I don't know what had happened to that security guard that day because we didn't have backstage passes, none of that. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay. So <laughs> like, All right, let's go. Right, we walk backstage, and I'm telling you, there's Jay-Z's wardrobe on the right, and then there's Kanye West's wardrobe on the left, but we're too shy and too scared and confused (laughs) and everything else, and the adrenaline's pumping too much to go in. So, of course, we resorted to standing outside like Justin Bieber groupies uh, and and waiting for one of these guys to come out because, obviously, they were going to leave at some point, right? Security guard comes along and he says, you guys haven't got the right badges. So we tried to distract him. That didn't work. Uh, In the end, he pushed us out of the side exit. And Ryan, my friend, decides to call our car service because the hotel had given us car service to tell them where we were to pick us up. And there's a girl who's absolutely drunk out of her mind. Now, anyone that knows me knows that I don't have, to, I don't get drunk. I don't have time for people that get drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not something I like to surround myself with. Mm-hmm. But some, you know, when you get that pull, like just go with it. Yeah. Have you ever had that? Like, it's, I don't know what it is. It's just internal. Just go with it. So I go over to these two girls and I start speaking to them. Make sure one of them's all right because she's on the floor. And I'm speaking to them for 30 seconds and Ryan shouts that the car's here. And something told me, take them with you. So I don't know why I listened, <laughs> but take them with you. Okay, girls, let's go. Now, one of them's out of, out of her mind. The other one is, is not out of her mind. And she was, she was pretty sensible just so she could look after her friend. In the end, we're in the car. And Ryan says, you know what, forget going to, because we'd asked the Jay-Z's crew that was in VIP, which after party they were going to, and they'd, they'd thrown us off completely. And he said, forget everything, let's just go to the only hip-hop club in Vancouver, forget meeting Jay-Z, we had a great time, that's the only thing that really matters. And I said, okay, we can go there, but I remember from doing my research that Jay-Z's DJ is partying there, so it's going to be busy. How the hell are we going to get in? We're not, we're not Canadians. We're not from Vancouver. We're not, we, we can't get into this place. So out of nowhere, the girl that was, the girl that was out of her mind on the floor decides to wake up and says, my friend works security there. <laughs> right? So it's all starting to align now. Because my friend works security there. And I was like, me and, me and my friend Ryan are looking at each other like, this can't be real. This, this is not going to happen. We're just talking, just talking absolute rubbish. Lo and behold, we pull up outside the club. There's a queue of 300 people. Her friend rushes up to the car, gives her a hug, invites us all in. We get searched. Uh, we get taken up to our VIP table past the line of 300 people. Right. We order a bottle of champagne. Everything is great. We've got our own space. I literally just chinked glasses with my friend Ryan to say, what a, what a great trip. <laughs> and Jay-Z walks in and sits down on the sofa next to us. Get out of here. <laughs> the timing of that. I just, it was just absolutely amazing. And like for me, because uh, I'm not really into the whole clubbing environment or anything. I, I mean, you know from when we spent time in, in Vegas on right. that. Right. So from that moment, I, I knew, like, I can actually do anything. I, no matter what it is, if I put my mind to it, it's going to happen. There is no way around it. But why? Because I've attracted a soul to me now. This is not an object. This is a soul yeah. of another person uh, that has just been manifested in my environment. 
Um, so that was all great. Now, that's not the end of the story. Yeah, so, I hope not. I was like, okay, what happened? No, no, no. So everything's great. We have a great night. And, you know, we get back to the hotel at like 5, 6 in the morning. And I'm really excited. Like, I'm not going to sleep at this point. So I get on Facebook to type a status update as to, you know, what's happened and tell everybody in the world what's just happened. And I see the friend request of that girl that we met in the bar. <laughs> and it's the exact same girl that a few days ago I was searching on Facebook and I said, oh, wow, no. she's so beautiful. I'd love to meet her. Now, Jay-Z is cool from, from that perspective of being able to manifest a superstar like that and everything else to your close environment. But check this out. That girl won tickets to go see that concert that day. <laughs> There's six different bars. There's six different bars inside the auditorium. And she had to be at the right one, at the right time, the and right on the right seat. side of the bar. Right. And there had to be two stools next to her for us to communicate. After these two things happened, my self-belief in the fact that I can, I, I can actually do anything that I put my mind to, it's just I'd like to have somebody make me not believe that. Because <laughs> you just can't. Man, it's, it's now I got to add the word manifesting Manesh. I got to add that M in there now. <laughs> <laughs> just i mean that's that this is i i get these these things happening whenever i need to whenever i have to grow and that has really shown me that i can put my mind to whatever i want to put it to and have that happen to summarize it all that's uh that's how i live now i live with the intention that you can do anything that you absolutely want to do and i try and give that to as many of my clients and as many people as i can so we mix a lot of spirituality so to say and mindset into our investing education which a lot of people don't because i'm really teaching what works and what has worked and what continues to work for me this is not i'm not just teaching a, a trading program so to say this is like what's happening to me right now that that i teach did you have a conversation with jay-z when he pulled up right next to you guys no but we didn't have a conversation because obviously we're in a club and everything else it was like 20 guys between us but we did get a champagne glass chink in there so that was (laughs) wow just all the stars aligned and it's to me when stuff like that happens because i'm more aware than i was you know 10 years ago I go, of course this is happening. Of course. This is all on purpose. This is all on purpose. See, it takes a while to go through that because I I guarantee, like, at that point, I was not thinking that. At that point, (laughs) this cannot be effing happening, you know? Um, And it's just, it's it's all a journey. And I think that's one thing I try and promote to my clients now is that investing is a journey. And you've got to be willing to take it. And unless you start taking that journey, you won't become uh, what you're meant to become. Because that's what the pursuit of money is about. It's not about the actual money. It's about becoming who you're meant to become as a result of having of having that money and making that money and creating the surroundings around you that are needed to manifest that money into your life. Because if you're not taking that journey, there's no way that you can evolve. You know, that's what... Everything that's outside of us from an energetic point of view mm-hmm. uh, is there to develop us. So women are there to develop us mm-hmm. um, as men. Feminine energy is there to develop masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same thing with money. It's there to develop you and mold you and, and show you the best person 
uh, of you that you can be unless you get lost in it. But again, it all starts with being willing to take the journey. Most definitely. And putting on that seatbelt because it's going to be a wild ride. The way I look at it, it's going to be fun. We're going to go through a lot and there's going to be a lot of tools and miracles along the way. And, you know, for me, yeah, I can say the journey could go into a lot of crashes. But from those crashes, I don't see it as a, as a, like a failure. It's all a gift to serve us to create the greater good of our purpose. A hundred percent agree with you. A hundred percent agree with you. But you gotta have, I don't know what it is. You've just gotta have, you've just gotta have the staying power. And this is something my dad taught me a while ago, which was that time in the market is more important than trying to time the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big, that was a big lesson for me, especially one day where I, I got into, I've completely went against everything that I teach. We don't do this as men, obviously now, but we go against everything that we say we're, we're about. Uh, and we get into the complete opposite. And I had an experience where I lost a hundred thousand dollars in three days. Wow. You know, and that was a, that was a big lesson. And you realize that time just being, just having that staying power and staying in the market. And staying in the lesson, in the journey, and staying in the life, being present to it, and meeting life at the point of creation, at the point where things are happening, is where the actual learning happens. So you want to do everything you can to stay in that and not force yourself out of it. That's why I see certain people doing certain things in business. Now, just as an observer, not as I'm not making a judgment, but just observing, mm-hmm. seeing certain people taking certain risks that they just don't need to take with their money and, and also don't need to take with their brand, their business, their everything else, their most primary asset, if you want to put it like that, right? Because most people's primary asset is their capital, but for business owners, it's their brand, it's their, you know, everything else that they're doing. And you just wonder, why are you doing that? Because that, that one risk can have you out of that lesson, out of the journey, out of the market. And it's going to take you another six years to get back into it. Like I know people who have done the purposely done the wrong thing with investing because of their greed. And it's wiped out, you know, 10 years worth of their savings or 10 years worth of whatever they've built up. Uh, and you just wonder why people do that because they don't understand the value of, being present and meeting the moment and being able to being able to stay in the lesson stay in the journey because that's where that's where mother nature is teaching you everything you need to learn to be what you want to be i've just received so much wisdom and inspiration i feel even 10 times lighter than i said i was earlier now i feel even more empowered and so you know to wrap this up about a few months ago I wrote a book called The Success Messages, and it's inspiration to recharge and re-energize your purpose, passion, and potential. And part of the mission for that book is, you know, changing the world one message at a time. And so my question to you, Manesh, is what's your message to the world? My biggest learning to date has been to understand that everything around you is an illusion. Hmm. It's to understand that you are at any one time only experiencing a finite amount of what's going on. You're not aware of it. So therefore putting so much attachment, putting so much every, you know, everything around whatever's around you, whatever you're seeing and experiencing isn't serving you at all. So understand 
that the universe around you is very momentary. It goes from moment to moment based on the attachments that you carry from one moment to the next. So the truth is you want to stay, I want to, like I'm developing this right now, and that is make a list of five to ten truths. Like what are your truths in the world that keep you grounded to the floor? And stay grounded in your truths and understand that the universe is moving from moment to moment based on your assumptions, your perceptions, your judgments around you. And just detach from the movement of it and detach from the momentary realization of the universe and be grounded in your truths, what's real to you, and don't let anyone else tell you that you can't have what your truths are and be aligned to that. That's what I'm talking about, boy. Is that powerful? <laughs> that is powerful. I think that right there is a best-selling book. Well, I thank you so much, Money Making Manesh, Manesh, the freshest Manesh, uh, for your for your time, your wisdom, your inspiration, and just knowledge. And more more importantly to me is just just you being your authentic self. And that right there uh, is what's very inspiring to me as I you know have this moment with you. So I thank you, and it's an honor to call Manesh my friend. I just want I just want to thank you again because I think that when I met you in Vegas there was just something about you and your energy that told me that you know that I need to I need to keep an eye on this guy because there's something this guy's up to up to something I'm not sure what it is yet but he's up to something and it's good and it's serving the world and it's and it's helping a lot of people and I just want to say that your energy is just through the roof and don't ever lose that that's powerful and then again where can people find you I know we said it earlier in the podcast but where can people find you whether it be your websites your blogs and, or social media so you can find me at uh, goldforlife.com which is the company site mineshbindi.com which is my personal blog or on Facebook at forward slash mineshbindi basically if we're meant to meet we'll meet uh, and if we're not meant to meet, I'm sure the next person that inspires you to create the life of your dreams, I'm sure you'll connect with them. So hopefully we're meant to connect and uh, I'll speak to you guys soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Manesh. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and the miracle making manifest in Manesh Bindi. I hope you receive some great value and inspiration to take your greatness, lifestyle, and transformation to the next level. Also, if you know a friend, a relative, or a colleague that you think may find this episode valuable, please feel free to share it with them. And if you would like to receive free tips and tools to elevate your greatness and stay updated on future episodes, you can opt in on my website at RomeoMarquezJr.com. Go ahead and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for inspiration and motivation. You can just search my name, Romeo Marquez Jr. All right, y'all. This is Romeo signing off saying keep believing, keep loving, and continue to ignite your light with the world because the world needs you. It's time. It's time. Oh, yeah. It's time. Peace.